0: Welcome back to What a Hit, son. Yes, we're back. Um, I know I say this a lot, um, but uh, I think over the last few whiles, <laughs> uh, I've been very, very busy with different things, uh, being away, stuff of like that. There will be periods of this kind of coming up, kind of over the next while, obviously, in in April. Um, as I said in the previous episodes um, with Tommy, that uh, I'll actually be going over to visit him, which would be nice um, to kind of explore Dubai. Um, and then, um, there might be periods where I'm a b- b- bit busy and that, but, uh, I'm trying to obviously come up with other things to keep the podcast going, keep different things. So I will be doing, if you haven't seen yet or haven't subscribed yet, we now have a YouTube channel, um, what hits on podcast, uh, where every few weeks I will be posting different content um on different things like uh one of the ideas i have is kind of picking some of the top six and doing basically from from what i've seen they're my best 11 that i've i've seen of their side so um and i'll kind of go through that in each episode what i'll do so that's kind of the next idea on it Uh, obviously the the last episode um uh, well the first episode i've done there is is up now live so definitely worth worth a watch very good episodes um kind of basically going through the the transfer window and how i'd rank each team's performance in the the transfer window which was very good um and definitely will be uh more content hopefully going up there over the next while and i will try and do episodes obviously more on here as well on the 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 spotify um and apple podcast platforms um but um, thanks for everyone to, who has subscribed so far, or everyone who's listened so far to, to this podcast. It's always great to know. Um, I've actually been busy as well. I've also been a, a regular on AFTV, on the, the Fan Zone um, kind of chats. I've been on there about three or four times, which is great. Um, always big shout-out to to Robbie, Curtis, uh, and all the uh, the group there, James as well um, I actually messaged them the other day and just thanked them for having me on It's always great to be on there speaking with, obviously, my fellow Arsenal fans But also just nice to to give my um, kind of views on, on different things um, Which has been great um, I suppose today, this episode is going to be a bit of a different one I'm going to kind of talk uh usually i'm doing obviously premier league and that i'm going to do champions league when i have someone available kind of to reflect on that i'd say probably after the champions league ties are finished um but uh today's episode solely going to be focused on obviously the the new thing that was announced a few weeks ago obviously the new super league potentially kind of my views on it um discussing possibly what could happen with this um because it is a, a prospect do i think it might happen yes i do um but it'll be interesting to see um uh, and i'll just basically talk through what i think of it what why i think it might happen and that as well um but if you're if you're new here to the podcast please don't forget to subscribe for more and Hopefully, there'll be more content coming over the next few months. Uh, obviously, kind of towards the start of April, kind of to, to mid-April, I will probably be quiet on here for sure. Just because, um, obviously, going away to Dubai, I will be bringing my equipment with me. I will try to record some stuff out there, maybe. Try to do some some cool videos or that. Um, to go up on, the, the obviously, the podcast, but we'll, we'll see. Um, and obviously, then get maybe get some views of Tommy while I'm out there as well which would be nice to see. Um, but first off, obviously, uh, as you're aware with this whole um, oh, super new Super League announcement, I'll kind of break down for you. So basically, a few weeks ago, um, the main kind of three teams, which is Barcelona, Juventus, and um, Real Madrid, obviously Real Madrid being kind of the big kind of input on this, which from Florentino Perez announced that they want a new Super League. Basically, originally from the the other one, there was about I think it was about twenty teams at most they were going to have in it, um and it was going to be led by obviously the main ones, including the six Premier League teams, Atletico Madrid, AC Milan, kind of were the teams also in this. But um, the new Look Super League is going to contain up to eighty teams in a multi-divisional format um their chief executive has said and um, basically that the the competition um there'll be no permanent members and there's a minimum 14 games per season um in, in these leagues now i can see this happening because the reason i think this is going to happen is i think the main thing people need to consider here is you look at what the premier league brings in money wise in pretty much on its own like you look at say a team who comes up to the premier league from the championship the amount of money and investment they get um for the new season is like it's close to 150 million you're you're pulling in from the premier league it's 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 a it's a basically a, a go um a money pot like you know and Anyone who's in the Premier League is going to get loads of TV rights deals. You're going to get loads of sponsorship deals. You're going to get. There's so much money, like it's ridiculous. Um, and I think what the these clubs outside of England are doing, kind of obviously your Real Madrids, your Barcelona's, your Juventus. You look at the three, the three of them alone, and you look at this financial situation you've been in. They've been in like it, it's pretty much. Obviously, Barcelona. I don't know how they're signing players at this rate. Like they're on one, two, three billion loss nearly, um, and they're selling half of their stuff. Like they've sold their TV rights. They're looking to sell. They've sold sponsorship for the stadium. They've pretty much sold their souls nearly to 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 people. Because with Barcelona alone, Barcelona is a fan invested club. They don't have an owner like, say, what Liverpool or Manchester United or an Arsenal or Chelsea have, um, who pumps in money into the club, helps with, obviously, financially, with that financial aid. It's the fans that invest, the likes of Barcelona. Uh, obviously, Real Madrid, they're doing an investment in regards to their redeveloping their stadium. They're at a money loss as well, so they're not really signing anyone, which is probably helping with some of the stuff and some of the financial sides, but then again, you look at La Liga, you look at Serie A, the money that's obviously in there for TV rights and that, like is not as big as obviously the Premier League. The Premier League is watched globally everywhere. The main bits of football outside of the Premier League that people watch is the Champions League, Champions League at times isn't the money isn't as great for some clubs. Some clubs like say your Shamrock Rovers or your some any of those teams if they get into European competition it's fantastic for them but the money level isn't anywhere near what say you would get if you were in the Premier League and this is probably why the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona are looking at this Super League. It's basically to try and bring in a big high amount of money that they can get earn money as well as playing in their own league. And I think the idea they've also said, these clubs have said, is that the money is going to be pumped back into their own league as well. Uh, I don't know how true that is, but if it is, it is a good financial aid. But it is a a question of, will this happen? Now, obviously, um, the big six, obviously, were in part of the the previous um, 2021 uh, Super League which obviously pretty much disintegrated nothing happened from it um will that will they get into will they join the super league i don't think so because it's very hard for them to even consider this because of all the ramifications this will have with the new deal they signed with the premier league that they wouldn't join a a breakout league now the other thing i can say from this is this could be some sort of way of them trying to avoid Champions League just because of the way the Champions League has happened, the way the the redevelopment of the Champions League doesn't look great. Uh, I think that's what's kind of putting uh, off people from the the new Champions League um, format just in regards to it's getting more congested. There's going to be more fixtures. um, And I think teams will not like the new format as much like let's have a look at say so the the new champions league what they're saying is it's it's going to basically change from a 32 format to a 36 format um the the obviously right now it's it's a nice easy basically Group stages. Then you go to uh, once you get to through the group stages, you go to the next stage. But with the new, the new, the new format, basically, um, it's going to be two two groups, basically two leagues basically and then the top certain amount of teams will go through into the next round so the new format of the competition is you'll play four matches per season at least is, is how it'll work um there'll be no home or away fixtures in like what they have currently instead clubs will play 10 different teams with five being at home and five being away um is how it's broken up and then from that then certain teams will qualify for the next path and certain teams will not qualify so i just don't understand why they're putting in more fixtures really um i just think what's going to happen here is it's just going to lead to too much fixture con- congestion like you look at the premier league alone like Pre- premier league for i know the spanish league has obviously their their break but you look at the premier League. look at Pretty much, the Premier League plays the whole way through the year. You also got the the Carabao Cup. You've also got the um, the FA Cup, and then you're throwing this in. I know the Champions League at the moment, and the Europa League, and that the way it's done currently has helped. But the fact that now they're going to kind of put more teams in it might like where are they going to fit all these teams? The, a lot of this th- this football will end up probably uh, going to. The summer, at least you're looking at June, July, um, the the fixtures could go to because everyone have to fit the fixtures in. Like this will lead to players not getting enough rest. Like well, lo and behold, like I know Premier League teams, you look at them now, they're playing probably some of them are playing Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday if they're in the Europa League. And some of them are even on Mondays. So you could at one stage literally have a team that's literally playing Saturday one week, Wednesday the next week, Saturday, then Tuesday, then Saturday, then Thursday. Like, it's it's just, you need to give people rest. And then you also got to think about the international breaks. Yeah, I know not every player plays on an international break and thing, but this is going to lead to a lot of issues in regards to Maybe you need bigger squads. You need more players on the pitch. You might need to change the obviously the match. The uh, the obviously the gap between games and that. It's I just think leave the Champions League how it is. I like the Champions League how it is. I like the the Europa League how it is. Apart from the only thing that puts me off it is this whole Champions Path the uh, thing. Uh, so, if a team comes third in the Champions League, they go down to the Europa League. I don't agree with that. If you don't get out of your group stage, you you don't play in European football. That's exactly how it is. I don't like this whole drop you. I will drop you into European football, like into the 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 second tier or the third tier, depending on which competition you're in. It's it's just. It's like a, a little. Oh yeah, you so, we'll give you some Champions League football anyway. If you if you haven't got through the group, you haven't come in the top two. Tough. That's it. You're out with European football. I don't. It's just like a. It's it's a bit of a reward for you playing poor, playing poorly, and just finishing third in your group. You're, you're still going to get European football. No, you've played poorly. You haven't done well as the top two teams, so you don't get cha- you don't get European football and after the the break just leave it as leave, leave that like i think teams would appreciate that more like do you think the likes of uh, I'll give you a perfect example do you think the likes of barcelona care about playing in the europa league more than playing in the champions league no it's not going to bring in as much money as playing in the champions league so then you just go here you go you didn't get out of the champions league group stage until you just have to wait till next year and qualify for champions league next year that's it um and like a Premier League team, like I know, if I was an Arsenal fan, say obviously they didn't come top of their group in in the the Europa League, and obviously they went, they came third and went down to the conference. Do you think I want to watch Arsenal playing on a Thursday in the Conference League? No. <laughs> like it, Arsenal. The only league Arsenal fans really want to see Arsenal playing is Champions League. Uh, it's the same with Manchester United fans as well. Now, obviously, it's fantastic for them. Obviously, they they went through on Thursday, beating Barcelona. It's great for them playing. You get ties like that in the Europa League, maybe from some dropping down. But then again, you're a team who's do- doing well in the group stage in the Europa League and then you're throwing in maybe even bigger names like your Juventus, your Barcelonas and all that are coming down from the Champions League makes it much more of a difficult path for them. Yeah, and you get some great games. But I just think UEFA are trying too hard uh, with these competitions now that we're going to try to make it more competitive. Just keep it as it is. Like, you look at uh, certain teams and, and certain groups, there are teams that maybe will profit better like playing in the europa league and um, i don't I, I just don't agree with this whole drop down that, that's basically what i'm trying to say i'm trying not to over waffle but that that's that's my opinion on it and a lot of people i've spoken to are at the same at the same point that they don't agree with this whole drop down rule it shouldn't have, be happening um you play with who's in in the competition already, and that's it. If you don't get if you don't get in the top two for the next round, you don't get in the top two. Simple as. Um then like obviously with this Super League, the way it, I don't know too much about it because they've just gone into the basics of it. There's going to be relegation and there's going to be promotion opportunities for for the thing. The question I have on this competition, because they haven't really explained that, is how do you pick your teams that are in the competition? So you're gonna have 80 teams. How are you gonna rank them? Because it looks like it's gonna be like the Champions League, uh, it's gonna be on previous success. So if Real Madrid Real Madrid have won 14 Champions League trophies, they're automatically gonna say, Oh, because we've been successful in previous Champions League history, and because we've created this competition, we're automatically going into the League One, the, the top league when it should really be based on how you're doing in your league, maybe, or it shouldn't be on previous success, it should be on that season, like, the Champions League, it should be on a, who who, so, top two or three, top two in, say, the Premier League, or top two in Spanish League, or top two in the Italian League, go into this top division. Second division is your third and fourth, or, or stuff like that. Um, that's, that's how it is. Now, that might be something that they, they might be doing, but I'm getting a sneaky suspicion that obviously if this goes ahead and this happens and, and UEFA approve it and it eventually happens, then will this lead to, oh, yeah, Liverpool have won. Liverpool, they they finished eighth. say Liverpool finished eighth in the league. Liverpool have finished eighth in the league, but they've won six Champions League trophies. And AC Milan, they might have finished fourth in their league, but they've won this amount of trophies in the Champions League. And been successful in Europe. So they're automatically coming into the big competition. And that's the feeling I'm going to get. So if Real Madrid finish outside the top four. Because we created um, the league. We automatically get. Uh, put in the top tier. And that that's the opinion I have. Especially if you've got the, the likes of. Florentino Perez. And Barcelona Juventus. They're automatically going to want to be in the top division. Where the big money is. Or the, the most money is. So that is something maybe that you need to if it needs to be spoken with and you wait for need to head it that and do some sort of format and then that's something that that needs to be sorted i think before um anything happens with that now i don't think this is going to happen anytime sooner this is something that's going to probably happen in the next 10 years for sure next maybe next five years but this is something that i think certain fans of certain clubs are crying out for because of obviously the lack of money in their league compared to the premier league like the premier league model is the perfect model every club wants uh, and this is why these clubs are trying to push this that they can have the financial aid that the premier league does like you look at say for example how much money chelsea have spent uh, spent in the january transfer window chelsea spent was it three to four hundred million million on transfers in the, the the last transfer window in January, and that was more than the top the other top five leagues after the premier league combined in total they've spent more than, than those leagues and it just shows the how much money is in the premier league like there was teams like Nottingham Forest there's teams like think that are outspending the likes of your Barcelonas and your Real Madrids and that kind of over over transfer windows and I think it is something maybe financially that doesn't need to be looked at um with these leagues um but it's just because I think when you think of football, like if I asked someone on the street and I said some someone random on the street and I said. When you think of football, what do you think of? 90% of people will say the Premier League. Or they'll say Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, Everton. Like they'll say Premier League sides more than likely. You will get the odd one or two that will say maybe Barcelona, Real Madrid. Like, kind of, probably, like, the big big brands, the big global brands that are present. Like, right now, uh, in the Premier League, like, the biggest um, club in the Premier League, both following and just how much money it makes, is Manchester United. This is why, obviously, they're being linked with, obviously, being sold. You've got the Qataris, you've got um, Jim Ratcliffe's Ineos um, trying to to buy um, this club the likes of real madrid and barcelona they're very big brands they have a big following globally but they're not getting the the money that say you're united and your liverpool and that are getting like their jersey sales every season their um their investment from obviously different sponsors their obviously their kits sp- jerseys everything and when they sign a new player they sell multi-millions prepared like you look at Ronaldo when Ronaldo signed for back for Manchester United obviously he's not there anymore but the money that came in just for that how big their stock jumped on on the market like when you've got players like that coming in like the, the money that's that's in the Premier League clubs alone is tremendous and then you look at maybe the opposite side, there are obviously certain differences. Like you look at Wrexham, say down in the the National League, they're not even in the, the top four leagues in, in in England. And uh the obviously the money that has come into the club just on following from documentaries, from obviously the uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob Mac- McElhenney, the money that's in there, like that that's what obviously celebrities can bring into a club um but like i know for 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 arsenal the for years obviously arsenal were financially not obviously stable because we had money that we invested into a stadium but we were still able to buy um players for good value like you look at what we spent on players in the last few seasons like we're spending 30 to 40 million on some players or you spend 20 million at least on a player and you look at say barcelona and you look at real madrid they're not spending money every every transfer window like real madrid don't really spend haven't really spent that much money like compared to the premier league side over continuous transfer windows yeah they'll buy a player like every every now and again i like obviously barcelona last summer they did buy a few they did get a few few free transfers and that but they're not on the same level of spending as your like you look at obviously the last big purchase that um real madrid kind of main ones that bought was eden hazard probably was their biggest biggest spend of like multi-million um deal like um, obviously didn't turn out as well but you've got gareth bale kind of was the main one before that then you've got cristiano ronaldo probably of their biggest biggest spendings now there are obviously players that are 30 40 million but they're not spending that consistently. like real madrid the last two transfer windows really haven't spent money on players um a lot of the, and barcelona spent obviously on a few but they're not buying continuously they didn't really buy anyone in january barcelona have tried to sign players couldn't sign them tried to sign someone from um from the the u.s plays for i think was la galaxy and they didn't get it through on time but a lot of these clubs are going for trying to get loans or something like psg one of the biggest clubs kind of right now when you got killian and matt bailey and messi and neymar kind of big names in there um and they didn't even really buy anyone they tried to get a loan of Ziyech obviously which didn't go through which was bad on chelsea's end really in the end um but there is not that that money flow to say that other clubs in the likes of England had like you look at uh in England uh Nottingham Forest Nottingham Forest signed about 20 21 players i think was it um last last summer um obviously they've signed more in january but you never see that in 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 a big le- in a spanish league or a french league a team that go out and have that and it's just because the amount of money that comes into a club in the Premier League is ridiculous like th- there's teams you finish in you get relegated from the Premier League you're still getting a bit of investment brought into you you're still making multi-millions and you look at most of the clubs like majority of the Premier League clubs are owned by American or kind of Uh, middle eastern um owners kind of this is where kind of everything's going um so multi-millionaires own own these clubs they want to invest they want them to be successful down the line i do think when you look at a lot of the big big clubs like your Real madrid and that eventually most of them will be owned by either an american or a middle eastern company um or state uh, as obviously, what what's happening with United could be obviously the Qataris. um, and I think money in football is now a prior a priority for a lot of clubs. That's what it is because you want to bring in the best players. You want like you look at United now. United are being linked with um, Kylian Mbappe. United had the money for that. If Real Madrid turned around and said we want killian mbappe we want to buy him and say he's 250 million say to buy him um can united afford him no well sorry no sorry united can afford him can real madrid afford him no Realistically, when you look at financially how how thing how financial fair play doesn't look into this, like Barcelona, how how were they able to afford all their players last summer? How were they able to buy the like to Robert Lewandowski and be at such a negative and be able to pay players' wages when they've been told financially you do not have the money for this? You're in uh, two to three billion loss at the moment. You would have to sell your TV rights and stuff of this sort, like. Barcelona, realistically, should be... They, they should be turning around to them and slapping the book at them and say you can't sign any players, you need to sell your best players. Like, Juventus now. Juventus will have to sell a lot of their best players. Like, already, links of Vlahovic is going to be gone in the summer because they need to sell two or three of their best players to get back into... Pos- um, a positive, you know, or to get break-even because they apparently they were hiding a lot of their books. So, you look at... There's... There could be a lot of clubs in this type of situation, and if the Super League solves that issue, a lot of these clubs are going to focus on getting this Super League over the line, getting that money in to 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 sort their finances. Because the Premier League clubs don't have any problem. Like I look at Arsenal, Arsenal, yeah, they're sign they'll sign someone for thirty million. They'll sign someone for that. But right now this season, because we're challenging for top four, we're going to be in the top four. We're going to get loads of money from champions league football we're gonna get more sponsorship deals from say fly emirates or from adidas because uh, we're gonna get champions league money we're gonna get obviously finishing in the top four you're gonna get money good, huge money from that and then if you go far in a in a cup competition uh like obviously Europa league you're gonna get money from that you're gonna get loads of money in so it's financially rewarding um for that but necessary for other teams say in europe they don't have that threshold they like european football if they're not doing well in europe like barcelona now they're out of all european competitions they're not getting that another bit of financial aid you know they're gonna have to probably sell players or that obviously need to win pretty much every trophy they can so you have to win their league but they're not getting a half as much as money probably a quarter maybe even a less of oh, the money that, say, the Premier League is getting, so this is something maybe that does need to be looked at by UEFA. That maybe we need to find a way to give more money to these clubs, find a way to financially support their leagues, and if not, this Super League will happen as soon as possible, um, as soon as they can get enough teams to 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 feature in what they want to do. Do do I want it to happen? No. I don't, I just think then this becomes all about money, all about greed, and I just think it, the whole, if, if it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus kind of shareholders kind of over this type of thing, it's just going to lead to, we're, we we thought of this, we're going to be in the top league, it's not going to be down to, it's going to be down to pre-history, like you look at someone like Arsenal, when we were part of the Super League, we were going to be in the, the Super League, Arsenal have not been successful in Europe. Arsenal didn't deserve to be successful in Europe. We got to a Champions League final and we won a Cup Winners Cup, which nowadays means nothing to like unless it's a Champions League trophy. Same with Tottenham Hotspur. Not real Champions League success. They got to a final like ourselves. They got to a final, but other than that, nothing really. Didn't deserve to be in there. Manchester City as well got to a Champions League final. Why are they in there? Because they're current premier league champions or that thing it shouldn't be down to previous history it should be on your current form so if you're going to do this it's down to okay top four we'll take the top two they'll go in the top division then we'll take two from spain the top two go into that division so i say if atletico madrid and barcelona um in the top two in spain they go into the, the, the top league if it's arsenal and man city they go into the top league if it goes if it's say, uh, Napoli and Inter Milan, they go into the top league. None of this, oh yeah, but we're Real Madrid, we've won 14 Champions League trophies, we're automatically in there because we've been successful in pre-European history. It's not down to your history, it should be down to how you finish. So if you finish the end of the season, if you've done well, you're being rewarded by going into this competition. Um, And I think now, this is probably where real madrid and that are looking at alternatives oh yeah but if we're not doing well in the champions league if we have this instead this will mean we'll constantly be getting big money and it's basically a look a way to fuel their pocket and find an avenue that makes it look realistic and makes it look as they're doing things legally uh, i think um, i just i don't agree with it and i don't think it's gonna it's gonna reflect well on the game. Like back when you look years ago, when you look back back when I two thousand and six when Arsenal got to the final, there was no nothing. It was not focused on on this whole money. But nowadays everything seems to be focused on money. Like you look at say Arsenal go and try and sign or Manchester United go United. I suppose that's perfect when they wanted to sign Anthony. The money they spent on Anthony was stupid money realistically like 100 million on a player who's played yeah he's played in europe but he's he's played playing in the the dutch league which isn't as strong as say other leagues maybe in now i'm not criticizing the league i just think the standard is much different in other leagues compared to that now ajax don't get me wrong fantastic side have always brought up really great young players but um it's it's the standard of football in in the Dutch league wouldn't be as competitive, say as as the Premier League, for example. But because the Premier League has so much money, I'm going to charge a Premier League club a hundred million for one of our players to come in. Now we had the same situation. Arsenal had the same situation with Mudrik. That obviously Shakhtar Donetsk. I know, obviously, the the whole Ukraine thing and that, but. Would I spend eighty-eight million on a player who's made less than thirty senior appearances for his club? No. It's the same with Caiado. He didn't. The money that was being quoted—it was a 90 million, 80, 90 million. I wouldn't spend that on on a midfielder unless he's won trophies after trophies, unless he's been successful, unless he's play, represented his national team with at least 50 caps and he's shown his success yeah then you'd spend that money on it but a player who's young up and coming don't know how he's going to fear, play in your your team i just don't agree with that like we spent 45 million on gabriel jesus i'd happily spend that on gabriel jesus because i know he's won trophies with manchester city he's been successful he's he's a great he's still quite young still great talent you spend that money on it, um, but I wouldn't spend that money on say like a Mudrick or or more on a Mudrick or that the player who hasn't featured. It's the same with with United. Like you look at what they maybe got Casemiro for. They got Casemiro for cheaper than Anthony, and Casemiro has won loads of trophies he's won four or five Champions League trophies he's was one of Real Madrid's best players I know people say he's he came to United for a payday but I think his performances show he's not there for a payday he's there to to be successful and under Ten Hag they seem to be an even better side and I did not expect that this season but United have been fantastic and that signing to this day is showing he's been pivotal for them like obviously thomas party has been for arsenal um and i i do fear obviously united are going to be back um next season obviously this season they could be winning trophies obviously they got the carabao cup final tomorrow um and they could be successful in obviously winning that and have other competitions they're still in as well that they could win um but yeah, the Super League is inevitable. We're going to see it happen at some point, um, especially when there's money involved. Loads of clubs around Europe will want some sort of good income to come in because nowadays that's all football is about, I think, these days. It's not about how good or standard the football is. I just think it's all about money. Um, and it, it annoys me really to say that because when I think of football – Like when I think of memories, like all I think about is obviously great games of football, great goals for football. The one thing is, I never think about signings. Like, I never think about, oh, we spent 72 million on Nicolas Pepe, we spent 10 million on this player, we spent 40 million on this player. No one looks back at that. They just think of, oh, this player, he played for for Arsenal. When Henri, like when I think of Henri, I never think of who who Arsenal signed him from, how much we signed him for. But now this is all what it's about. It's the money focus, money, money, money. Like I, if I want to sign, if I want to, obviously us to our club to get Mbappe, it's going to be two hundred million for this and two hundred and fifty million for this and all this. Like, and it, it should be like you look at when Man Manchester United signed Rio Ferdinand, who was one of the best defenders back in the day um from from leeds united uh the money that was being spent on him was nothing compared to nowadays but back then that was a big amount of money but the money the the money markets become unstable really in the premier league it's all about let's flash your cash now um really like for players um but (laughs) there's not much we can do really with this and I know this has become really more like a, me moaning about everything, but I, I'm sure there's a lot of fans listening to this who can agree with me and just think that things like these Super Leagues and that will consistently happen because all clubs are about, a lot of the, obviously, the higher-ups in clubs are all about is how much money can we make? How much money do, can, can we do this? what How much will it take for us to get this player? It's all money focused. Like like you look at back in the day, there were players that would sign consistently for neighbor teams. And it wasn't just down to money. It was down to how successful. Like you look look at Sol Campbell, it was one of the most controversial decisions at the time. He went from Spurs to Arsenal and still to this day was one of the most controversial decisions. But he wanted to be part of a successful team. He wanted to be, and he obviously was part of obviously one of the most successful teams in English football. In the Invincibles. And you look back at some of the other teams. Some of the other transfers. There were a lot more of those. Changing all over the team. Nowadays if you wanted to sign your biggest club rival. You'd be priced out of, of, of a deal for them. Like you look at but when Man City wanted to try and sign Harry Kane. Spurs told them good luck. Uh, and this was after uh, Man City had already signed Jack Grealish. Uh, they were being told, quoted by Spurs that they'd have to spend 200 to 250 million on Harry Kane. And as for maybe if they didn't sign Jack Rees, they would have gotten him for cheaper. Um, but that's what it is. It's when one player's worth, say, 100 million, another player may be worth 150 to 200 million. Like You look at Saka, He's one of Arsenal's best players right now. And you look at what some players are going for. If he's going for right, he's one of the most informed uh un- players under the age of twenty-three um in the in the league. So say if you got someone like Anthony going for about close to a hundred million, um how much is Saka worth then? Well, people he's one of the is that he's worth two hundred, three hundred million. 300 million 150 million like it, it, it this market's just gone so topsy-turvy like you look at what Mbappe went to PSG for it was a uh, 150 175 million in installments basically from PSG Neymar when he went he went for over 100 million as well close to 200 million I think it's the whole market's just overpriced oh, and It's all about who can flash the cash now. And if you don't have a big owner, how are you going to afford these players? How are you going to bring in top quality? I I don't know how Barcelona are affording anything right now. Uh, It's a fan-run club that's in. thing. If I'm not mistaken with this stadium being built, Barcelona are going to be in turmoil for the next 10 to 15 years easily, unless they get them sorted. They're going to need some sort of owner coming in to buy it this whole investment from Spotify and stuff like that isn't going to be enough. They're going to have to sell their club. Realistically, the fans can't keep got put money in. otherwise you're, everyone's going to be bankrupt uh, with that club, with the, the amount of obviously um, deficit they're in. Um, and football needs to sort itself out. I just wanted to be back to um, obviously being just about the football, all about the thing. Yeah, it's great when your club signs a, a great player. But nowadays, when you want to sign a great player, you're going to have to put out too much money. Um, so, yeah. So, the Super League will happen because of this. Um, because clubs will have to obviously bring in more money uh, with with the times. Um, and then, I suppose the last thing I wanted to touch on in, in obviously the podcast is, I think, something... That's been proven. I will speak to this with other people because I want their opinions, but I do think the other thing that's pissing me off lately is video assistant technology. Uh, basically VAR is It's starting to become really, really, really frustrating to watch. Like the 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 Europa League or Europa Conference League the other day, there was a goal ball what well, the ball went over the line players didn't know then the referee pointed to his watch and said it was a goal then apparently they did a replay in the, from different angles and then it wasn't a goal and then when they, they did replays after um, it was fiorentina's match i think it was and it was a goal but it would goal was disallowed for some reason because they said it wasn't a goal oh, it was it was chaotic now luckily fiorentina scored it and they went through 6-2 on But you can imagine, say, that's a game between Liverpool and Real Madrid. And Liverpool basically were one goal away from going through to the next round. They scored the goal. For some reason, they said it wasn't a goal. And then Liverpool were knocked out. And then they, they look back after the game and see that. This is something that can cause complete and utter chaos. This is stuff that's happening at the high standard, especially in England. Like, you look at, obviously... I'm gonna point out, yeah, you're gonna say uh oh, Moan because I fan. That Brentford goal shouldn't have stood. They came out and said well, Lee Mason's been sacked. There's been obviously situations with Fulham. We had the one with the goal goal line technology when um was it Aston Villa and um Sheffield United, I think it was Sheffield United scored and the goal was was ruled out and said it was um the ball didn't go over line when it completely did and when they but the the goal line technology system wasn't on correctly and then the they goal and go and that was the goal that could have saved Sheffield United from being relegated this is not good enough for us to basically use this technology and know it's being used wrong by the officials isn't good enough and you're going to come out after and you say apologies we've made a mistake At that stage it could be a goal that maybe could have won someone a title could have won goal that could have kept someone up it could have been a decision that was wrong like an offside when it shouldn't have been offside yeah i know obviously offside isn't as bad but like these whole it's taken two to three minutes for someone to make a decision on it when you look i look at the french league i've seen stuff in the french league and stuff's decided in 30 seconds to a minute the premier league it takes about five to ten minutes for someone to make a correct decision is wrong i think you need to take this hole if it's um, a mistake by the referee or you, you can see that the referee made the wrong decision, then 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 you overrule it. It should be down. If it's an offside, it's an offside. Don't care if the ref- referee made a mistake or not. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. If the referee made a mistake or not, you just give it. If you say it's a penalty, it's a penalty. And I think they need to take this whole getting the referee referee error. Basically, that's what's down to if you overrule a decision, and I don't agree with that. If you think it's a red card, it's a red card. If you think it's a go- uh, a goal, it's a goal. If you think, sorry, we sorry, if you think, sorry, if you think it's a handball, it's a handball. If you think it's this, it's this. Don't. I think they've become this whole. It's down to referee and error is wrong in football, and the minute they get rid of that, I think it will be better for for it in the long run, uh, and I hope they do change the rules because i think referees need to be taken out there shouldn't be referees in that box it should be maybe former footballers who have more sense because they've played in a game they know what it's like they'll be able to kind of discuss it properly maybe someone who's qualified in it not that i think the referees nowadays go too much by the rule book rule book and that's wrong now As for if you had players in that situation, I think they'd have more sense of it. Maybe you can have a referee there to kind of guide them and just tell them the rules. That'd be fine. But I just think now it's all focused on following the rule book, which is wrong. Um, And I'll be intrigued to see what happens of it. I do see if the issues continue to happen, the Premier League will get rid of VAR. I do think that will happen. Um, if there's consistent errors i'll just say look vr is not working we're getting rid of it um, there are some pundits who want it gone i i've seen that there's some pundits who who are just done with it and it's not used as correct like you look at the world cup vr was used fine your vr was perfect at that and that's because you look at the the premier league you look at most english referees that not many go to many tournaments they don't bring in as many because i think the margin of error in the premier league for these referees who i might add are one of two leagues that have professional referees everywhere else it's semi-pro or amateur refereeing that they have they don't even have their their, all the referees the referees in england are fully paid professionals that's their salary that's what their whole job is they don't have another job in most other leagues, you've got referees who maybe have their own bakery. They have their own business. They're not full-time referees, but they do that as a job. And then, obviously, they get to referee in Champions League football. It's not their main job. But yet, the standard of refereeing in England has gotten so much worse the last 10 to 15 years. And it's like, with VAR coming in, referees are like, I'm not arsed anymore. That, that's the impression I get from referees. I said it on Arsenal Fan TV. I just think it's being used wrong and you need to get rid of these referees. You need to change it up. You need, I've said it so many times, even on this podcast, when I've talked about VAR, the whole thing. I think we should be hearing what is being said between the referee and the VAR box. I think if we can hear that, we understand will agree with the decision we can see what is we don't know what's going on they could be saying utter gibberish to each other and just saying no, just don't give it like it's it's awful like you look at rugby you can hear what the referees are saying thing you can see the the obviously the replays you can watch everything thing and they're mic'd up and you can hear everything and i think that's what needs to happen in in football i think if we hear that it's much better. You know decision. You can agree with it. You can disagree. Whatever. But we don't know anything. It's literally just we sit there uh, agonizing. What's happening? Is it a goal? Is it not? Is this happening? Is it, is it a red card? Is it not? Is it a penalty? Is it not? We don't know anything. We can't hear the referees. can't do anything. And it's not fun. It's become more frustrating to watch a game. Like you watch your team score you have to, you could potentially be there for two to three minutes in the Premier League waiting to see if the goal actually stands. It ruins the whole celebration thing. Like, and it's annoying. Like Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy said on the podcast before, he goes to watch West Ham play. West Ham score a goal. He can't enjoy a celebration because he knows he has to wait to make sure VAR doesn't say it's not a goal Or stuff like that. And he's a season ticket holder. So he goes consistently to games. And it's the same story every single time. And the sport has become poor. Like the two things that have really affected sport is obviously the money side, which I've spoken about obviously through, through this episode today. And obviously the officiating now with this whole VAR and how it's used. In the Premier League especially, it's not used good enough. And it needs to be looked at. And I think that is something they'll need to think thoroughly about going forward. And I think by the end of this season, they need to put their stuff together. They need to say, okay, we need to get referees off the the VR box or we need to bring in something different into this VR box because it's not being used correctly with so many mistakes. Like this season, I think there's been more mistakes than there has in previous seasons. And it's just because I think the standard of officiating has become poorer and poorer. Um, and... We'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, what happens down the line with it. Um, but I suppose I sp- I've, I've t- spoken somewhat or garbage today. I'm sure you are probably like, I can't listen to this fella anymore. But I just think this is obviously some of the issues with football nowadays. It's all money focused and all uh, poor offici- officiating at times. And it is something that many fans talk about. I've spoken to people just even going down and playing sport and that there's a lot of people who agree that it's just the standard has become very poor with those 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 two things i think um and we'll we'll see what happens down the line i'm hoping it improves i hope uh, the whole money side is looked at as well um whether you have to bring into restrictions into how much you pay for a player maybe that to help with the finances and stuff that clubs maybe ffp as well needs to be properly enforced for the likes of your chelsea's who are spending half a billion in two transfer windows um maybe this is something that needs to be looked in this whole doing this thing seven and a half eight and a half year contracts um but we'll have to see um but thanks for everyone who's listening today thanks for everyone who's already subscribed to the youtube uh, page as well if you haven't it's at what a hits on podcast on um youtube uh don't forget to subscribe to us as well on uh, on the um, podcast platform spotify apple podcast google Podcasts. we're on pretty much every podcast platform you can find um i will try and upload uh, more frequently hopefully over the next month um I'll try and get obviously more people on um just trying to to fit them in obviously everyone's been kind of quite busy kind of lately um, but we'll try and get some more episodes out there. I will try and get some more videos onto YouTube over the next month or two as well um, where I can, um, which would be just the evenings where I'll just take and maybe do half an hour on, on different things. So as I said, one of the videos I'm looking at is, say, picking Arsenal or picking Chelsea or picking United and basically going picking a, my favourite 11 I've seen over the years of other team. Um but uh, thank you so much for uh, for listening today, and until next time, I've been Keen Sammy Mar, and this has been What a Hit Son.